BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. It's Sport Check. Welcome to episode 295 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Joey Votto episode? I don't know who that is. You don't know Joey Votto? First baseman for the Cincinnati Reds? No. 37-year-old slugger. Good clutch hitter. 295 career home runs. A lot of people think borderline Hall of Famer. So Joey Votto, the pride of Canada, one of the greatest Canadian baseball players ever, right up there with a Larry Walker, a Ferguson Jenkins, and now, as they would say in Baltimore, Joey Votto. <laughs> Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents... Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Congratulations to the Washington Lady Panthers. What a terrific representative of our area they that team was steve reynolds his daughters his players just superb job even though they lost to silver creek in the state championship game and i don't think anybody can express any kind of disappointment in what washington gave our community and gave their school and i know you watched the state championship game i did what'd you think i i 
I'm sure everybody was watching for the same thing. They want to see him win, didn't see him win, but, man, every time he turned around, even when they had that hard foul at the end, they helped the girl up from Silver Creek and, and let her know it wasn't anything personal. I would say, and if you've listened to the show a long period of time, I'm the one that doesn't know anything about sports. I feel like we could see that team again in that same position. Well, even somebody who doesn't know about sports is absolutely right because they bring back just about every, the two players they lose are Robinson and Galicia. Everybody else is back, plus they add in an eighth grader now who will be a ninth grader next year, Kira Reynolds, who is 6'2". <laughs> so you'll have the three Reynolds sisters all above six feet tall. And the lightning quick Rashunda Jones, that's a pretty good nucleus to start with. And they know what the state finals feels like yeah, now. So they, they got can their go taste. back and they can go, okay, now we know. But I do think the Panthers will get back, so go Panthers. How was your weekend, Chuck? A lot of sports happening in your neck of the woods. Oh, my goodness. It was a busy weekend. Yes. And yours? Uh, a, a little bit of sports here and there. I told you I tried to catch your Friday night game. I watched uh, a little bit of the state final game. Yes. And then uh, a double header yesterday at New Prairie Middle School. Hello to sports yak enthusiast Ben. Yes, Ben Wigginton. Had some nice words to say. I slipped him a 15. That's all I had. <laughs> and that also and got it was us. Monopoly money. It also got us into our ba- a basketball deal. But that, what, that 15 was for him. I see. Mm hmm. So let's start with uh, what we led sports with this morning. We'll start with what happened on Sunday, and that is Nordane women's basketball. And, man, it's it's been a quick and precipitous fall for the Irish, uh, going from national runner-up back in 2019 to two years later, here comes number six Louisville in the Purcell Pavilion. Of course, you don't have any crowd. And you don't have much of a ball game. I mean, Louisville just came in here and pretty much did what they wanted to against the Irish and win it by a count of 78-61. So Jeff Wall's team wins the ACC regular season title for the second straight year, and the LIV squad is 10-9 and and firmly on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. They have a very important week this week at the ACC championship in my mind, Corey, they have to win at least one to have a chance of getting in. If they win two, they're definitely in the NCAA tournament. Neil Ivey and the Irish are a great example, in my opinion, of how seasons change. Back when I moved here in 91, you couldn't give away enough tickets to Notre Dame women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, not even a changing of the guard, but just all of a sudden... The development of the program the program the players and it got more exciting and you kind of like all right i want to be a part of this then a national championship and then just high caliber playing all the time yeah and then you know seasons change other programs develop and get better um you know fill in the blank coaching change so it's just one of those you know the Chicago Bulls weren't going to be the greatest team of all time for all time. Right. You know, there has to be a ebb and flow. And right now we're in ebb. Yes, definitely. So 10 and 9, they play Clemson on Thursday night. And if they win that game, they play Georgia Tech on Friday. Clemson will be an interesting matchup for them. 
But to me, they have to win that game in order to make the NCAA tournament. Charlie Cream, who follows women's basketball probably as good as anybody in America, was on ESPN during the game yesterday and said, hey, losing to Louisville because they are such a highly regarded team might even be a number one seed for the NCAA tournament. That doesn't hurt your NCAA tournament resume, he said. But that doesn't mean that you can't do some things to hurt it in the ACC tournament, and a loss to Clemson would be absolutely devastating for the Lady Irish. However, they're faring better than the men. Mike Bray's squad on Saturday does the unthinkable. They lose to a Boston College team that had only won one ACC game all season, fired its coach midseason because they were so bad, and yet the Irish go out to Chestnut Hill and lose that game 94-90, to playing virtually no defense against Boston College. And boy, does it have the, the fan base howling right now for Bray's hide. Now, it's interesting. On that same day, Indiana gets decimated on senior day at Assembly Hall by number three, Michigan. Uh, Hoosiers lose that game by about 18 to 20 points. I don't remember the exact final score as we sit here right now. That said, uh, I asked a veteran coach over the weekend, as you look at these situations, what stands out to you about Archie Miller and Mike Bray? He said, for Archie Miller, he goes, it was really on display in the game against Michigan. You've got Jawan Howard, who is going in doing great things at Michigan. He is a transformational coach. He is a coach that has come in and quickly developed a rapport and relationships with his players and and done things to make the players believe that they are going to get better and maybe that they're better than what they really are by playing together as a team. He says Archie Miller is not transformational. He is transactional. You come, you play for me. That's, But players aren't getting any better under Archie Miller. And there really seems to be a sense in the Indiana program right now that it is a train wreck. So the question is, okay, you're the new athletic director at IU. You're sitting there in the middle of a pandemic. Revenues are down for colleges across the board. What do you do? Archie Miller has been there three years. Is that long enough to be able to make a decision on his future? Or do you give him another year thinking that the pandemic will be over by the time we get to next basketball season and see how that goes? You take the risk, of course, if you take the other year that fans aren't going to show up or that it could get ugly at Assembly Hall if a game like yesterday like Saturday happens. Mm -hmm. The situation for Mike Bray, a little bit different, of course. He's been there now for 20 years. This is not his third year. This will be, uh, again, the Irish have not made the tournament since 2017. That means 2018, 2019, there was no tournament last year. 
and this year. But again, you're in the middle of a pandemic. He's got a contract until 2025. So that's a significant buyout that you would have to make. Do you make the move or do you give him another year without the pandemic to see how it goes? These are the questions that both Scott Dolson and Jack Swarbrick have to answer. And you said the athletic director is new at IU. Yes, he is new at IU. He is, of course, long time now, over a decade, 13 years, I believe, now for Jack Swarbrick at Notre Dame. Okay. What's the shelf life at Notre Dame? Help me out there with athletic directors. Well... Swarbrick's had one of the longer tenures of recent vintage. Okay. Uh, Kevin White had a pretty decent tenure while he was here. He's going to retire from Duke after this year. However, and then Moose Grouse was there forever. Gene Corrigan had about a seven or eight year stint. Dick Rosenthal about a seven or eight year stint. So honestly, Swarbrick's tenure has been one of the longer ones. Here's the other thing. Does Jack Swarbrick want to have to go through a hiring process this late in his tenure at Notre Dame to hire a new men's basketball coach? I don't think he necessarily does. Now, I know these answers may not be satisfying to the IU and Notre Dame fandom, but this is, this is the picture that you have to draw yourself here. And then you put yourself in the position, okay, we look at the financials. We look at the team. Obviously, the performance at both IU and Notre Dame is substandard. Nobody wants what's going on there right now. The question is, can you solve it by going out and getting a new coach? And how much financial damage do you do to your program? If you're the athletic director at IU, Chuck, do you pull Archie aside and go, look, I don't think you need to. Why Why would you need to have that conversation unless you just want to put it on the record? I mean, I think any coach sitting there in that situation that looks at this Indiana team right now at 500 and probably going to be below 500 after they get done playing Purdue doesn't necessarily mean they're going to lose to Purdue, but they have to play at Purdue. Very few teams win at Mackey. So you'd be 13 and 14 going into the Big Ten tournament. You're probably not going to make the NCAA at that rate unless you have a really good Big Ten tournament. Mm -hmm. Do you think a conversation needs to be had, or do you think that Archie should be smart enough to figure it out? I only go by what you just said about him being transactional. The fact that you come play for me is good enough? Well, and, and this, is the, this is the problem I would point to at both Indiana and Notre Dame right now, is I question how much player development is really going on in both places. Okay. And unfortunately, you know, for college coaches, that's part of the game, is you really still have to develop players. This is not the NBA where you bring in players and they are responsible for their own development. You have to help them better themselves still. You're still talking about... 18, 19-year-olds when you get these players. You've got some work to do yet as a college coach. Okay. So 
that's where that stands. Michigan State did not help itself over the weekend either. They lost to Maryland yesterday, 73-55. I think Tom Izzo's team still very much on the bubble. And then a little bit of a shakeup in the Big Ten yesterday. Number four, Ohio State, beaten by number nine, Iowa, 73-57. All of a sudden, the Buckeyes, who looked like a number one seed a couple of weeks ago in the NCAA tournament, might be the fifth seed in the Big Ten tournament. Didn't, uh, did number one, number two lose yesterday as well? No, Gonzaga uh, and Baylor continue to cruise along. Okay. Yes. I thought there was a loss over the weekend. I'm sorry. Uh, Villanova was upset. They're number eight, and they were beaten by Butler yesterday. A little Hinkle Fieldhouse magic down there in Indianapolis, 73-61. Let's get into high school basketball, Chuck Freeby. Sectionals start this week. Welcome to another edition of Hoosier Hysteria. And the Adams Eagles go in, ranked number seventh in the IBCA coaches poll. What's interesting about that poll is they do not uh, distinguish between classes. Doesn't matter if you're 4A, 1A, if you're good enough, you get ranked. So Adams is 7th, Marion 20th in the final IBCA coaches poll, which would tell you that they should be the favorites in their particular sectionals. Adams will be over at Michigan City. They open up against Plymouth on Wednesday night, and then they would likely, they would play the winner of the Mishawaka-Laporte game on Friday. That's probably going to be Mishawaka. And then on Saturday... A lot of people expect to see an Adams-Riley championship game. We shall see if that all plays out. Meanwhile, Marion has to play Clay on Tuesday night. Should they get past the Colonials, they would play St. Joe in the semifinals on Friday night, a game you'll be able to see on TV 46. I was just going to ask you what your game plan was. Yes, our game plan is to do that St. Joe-Marion semifinal that everybody expects Friday night at Washington. And then we will do the Elkhart sectional championship game on Saturday night. That's a very balanced field over at Elkhart. Warsaw and Northridge, probably the favorites, and they both drew the bye. So a lot of people expect them to have a rematch in the championship game. Elkhart did not necessarily look good on Friday night, but they only lost to Warsaw by a point back in February. So don't count the Lions out. And... Northridge would have to play the winner of Penn Goshen. I think Northridge is better than either one of those teams, but Penn has had some surprising wins this year, so don't count the Kingsmen out either. Chuck, let's segue into college football. Some news to pass along. You know, this seems to be the year in the NFL where quarterbacks are on the move, and it certainly seems to be the trend in college football as well. You see a lot of Uh, graduate transfers this year. Notre Dame picked up one from Wisconsin, got a guy by the name of Jack Cohen that a lot of people think might be the bridge to the Tyler Buckner era here at Notre Dame. Well, yesterday, Michigan picked up a perhaps bridge quarterback when they got Alan Bowman from Texas Tech. Bowman has three years of college football experience. Last year for the Red Raiders, 1,602 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Not wowing numbers, but still decent enough that you're going to take a look at him. And right now, Michigan has some quarterback situations to have to take a look at. Uh, That's not really a stable area for Jim Harbaugh and his team. So having a veteran presence like Bowman come in 
should be of some help to Michigan and maybe bridge until they can develop one of the incoming freshmen. Mm. Meanwhile, really sad news from college football over the weekend, or at least Notre Dame football, with the death of Lewis Nix. Nix, uh, his family confirming that he has passed away. There's been still no word from the Jacksonville Police Department. He went missing as of Tuesday. Uh, this story started crossing our eyes uh, on Friday. And uh, Lewis Nix, just a terrific, big personality, came from a very troubled area of Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm not sure that he was ever able to escape that kind of trouble. He was shot in December at a gas station during a robbery. Uh, the Notre Dame community really rallied around him, helped pay his medical bills. I think they raised nearly $50,000 in a GoFundMe for him to help with his bills. And then uh, you come to the end of February, and this 29-year-old is dead. He is the third Notre Dame football player in the last two years to have died. Uh, the Atkinson brothers, both Josh Josh and George passed away within the last couple of years. And now um, a young man known as Irish Chocolate. This was a kid. Tony Alford recruited Lewis Nix down in Jacksonville. This was right after Charlie Weiss got fired. Tony Alford didn't even know if he had a job still, but Jack Swarbrick had told the Irish assistants, go out and recruit. So Tony goes down to Jacksonville. And he's watching Lewis Nix, who, by the way, at the time weighed 380 pounds, play basketball. And sitting there talking with his mom, Stephanie Wingfield. And then afterwards, Tony approaches Lewis. And, and Lewis has legitimate questions. Who's the new head coach going to be? I can't. I don't know. I can't tell you. Are you still going to be on the staff? I don't know. I can't tell you. If you go somewhere else, will you still recruit me? Absolutely. Oh, well, I thought you told me Notre Dame was the best place for me, and now you're saying if you go somewhere else, maybe Notre Dame's not the best place for me. And Tony Alford says he kind of realized the, the kid had put him in his place, and he says, look, Notre Dame is the best place for you. You need to get out of here, and you need to come there, and it will transform your life. And so, of course, Lewis Nix eventually does come to Notre Dame and play. And, you know, he checks in at uh, 380 pounds. He's wearing number 67 when he first gets there. And this kid, with his personality, is immediately saying, man, an athlete like me, I should have a single-digit number. And he's telling people like Michael Floyd, I don't know why you get to wear a three. You are no, you know, and and everybody just in, he had a way of just making everybody feel comfortable. Worked his tail off in the weight room to get himself to a playing weight where he could help the team. Now, as a nose tackle, you're not going to make a lot of plays. That's not the job of a nose tackle. A nose tackle is basically there, and he was a good nose tackle, so he would be able to do this. You basically try to take up two offensive linemen with your presence. Your size, you try to gum up the middle of the field, 
You take two offensive linemen, so that creates a hole that a linebacker can go through. That's the nature of the job. It's not a pretty job. It's not a job that gets you a lot of recognition. And yet, Lewis Nix may be one of the most memorable nose tackles at Notre Dame, not because necessarily of what he did on the field, which he was good enough at to go play in the NFL for three years, but because of the personality that he had and the way he touched lives. And sadly, and Eric Hansen, the the fine writer for the South Bend Tribune, mentioned this over the weekend, when Eric interviewed him after that shooting in December, Lewis Nix said poignantly, I wonder if my life matters. Now, again, we don't know cause of death here. His car was found upside down in a pond in Jacksonville. We don't know if Lewis Nix had an accident and the car went into the pond. We don't know if it was suicide. We just don't know. We're looking for answers right now. But the sad part of it is he's no longer with us. And you hate to think that somebody had that kind of mindset, whether it was depression, whether it was just the environment that he came from, whether it was introspective moments after being shot, which would be understandable. All those kind of buried with him right now at the age of 29. You have any Lewis Nix memories from watching as a fan? Just a big old guy. And hearing you talk about it, the personality matched the physicality. Just big. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the, the part that saddens me the most is a recruiting coach saying, you come here and your life will be changed. And he finds himself back in Jacksonville at age 29 even though he went through college and the NFL and it's like some you just sometimes you just you can't get out of that maybe old habits yeah. or you go back to where you thought home was right or yeah and and as i was thinking about this yesterday i i i'm thinking to myself why he he had some success in the NFL probably didn't make a ton of money but did okay why wouldn't you get your mother out of that out of Jacksonville, why would you get yourself, try to cut the ties if that was the difficult situation you found yourself in? Mm-hmm. Maybe not surrounded with the right group of people. Maybe, but, you know, who who are we to say? Because right, right. you and I didn't come up in the environment that he did. Right. So it's difficult for us to sit there and say, well, you should have done this or you should have done that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into golf. Let's get into golf because what a tribute yesterday for Tiger Woods. I love this. By the rest of the players on the PGA. And I had seen this idea floated out there after Tiger's accident. I thought it was a great idea. To have players wear Tiger's signature red on Sunday. Because what better way to say, hey, we're thinking of you. We want to thank you for what you've done for the game. We hope you're doing better, et cetera. It would be great if Tiger didn't know that and kind of clicked on the game just to see and then noticed. Yeah, and, and you know, who knows if he knew to the extent that it would be because it was a number of players. And, yeah. and, and some players wanted to do it. In fact, the young man that wound up winning the tournament, Colin Marikawa, had ordered it from his manufacturer, but... You know, the way shipping and everything is right now during the pandemic, it's maybe not as quick sometimes as it needs to be. 
And so Marikawa didn't get his stuff in time to wear the red okay. uh, that he had hoped to wear. But Marikawa profusely thanked Tiger in his post-victory interview. And by the way, this is another young man to keep an eye on because Colin Marikawa has won a major and a WGC championship before the age of 25. And do you know the only other player to do that? That would be one Eldrick Tiger Woods. So Marikawa putting himself in pretty good company yesterday with the way he played over the weekend. But just And Tiger tweeted out last night how touched he was mm. that all these guys had done this for him. Tell you what, Tony Finau, Tony Finau could pass off as Tiger Woods when he puts on the red and the black and the and the backwards cap and everything. It, for a moment, you kind of had to do a double take and say, "Wait a minute, this 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 guy's in a hospital right now. He's not out there on the golf course." Let's touch on hockey, and then you'll end with baseball. Well, Patrick Kane last night, and I I think he has ended all debate of the greatest American hockey player in the NHL right now. It's good old number 88 for your Chicago Blackhawks. He scored his 400th career regular season goal last night for the Hawks in a 7-2 thumping of Detroit. This is a 2-1 hockey game going to the third. And the Blackhawks erupt for five in the third. After the fifth goal, Thomas Grice... The Detroit goaltender takes his goalie stick, turns around, whacks it against one of the uprights, and then takes what's left and whacks it over the crossbar. And hockey stick pieces are flying everywhere at the United Center. He did not have much defensive help, but he wasn't very good either. The Blackhawks are playing pretty well last night. Uh or not just last night, the season. They are now five games above 500 and in contention for a playoff spot in a very competitive NHL Central. Now, I hope the Hawks enjoyed February because in the month of March, they play mainly those teams that are above them now in the NHL Central standing, so I would not expect the Hawks to continue playing as well as they have. Another hockey team that played well over the weekend is Nerdane. Back-to-back, 2 nothing shutouts of Michigan State because where were they playing, Corey? On the road. <laughs> and what have we learned about this Nerdane hockey team? They play really well on the road. But in the month of March, the problem is the Big Ten tournament is at the Compton Family Ice Arena. And so I still say, Jeff Jackson, take me up on this idea. Hire a bus, take them around. Make it like a road game. (laughs) Somewhere a lot nicer than here in South Bend, there's great spring training weather. I once had the opportunity to do a baseball game for Notre Dame at Ed Smith Stadium. It is the spring training home of the Baltimore Orioles. And yesterday at Ed Smith Stadium, the Baltimore Orioles put Trey Mancini on the field for the first time since the 2019 season. Last year, Trey Mancini, former Notre Dame baseball player, buddy of mine, um, missed the entire season with stage 3 colon cancer. He has done his chemotherapy. He has done his radiation. He has done his recovery, and he is fully healed and back and out on a baseball field and had... A standing ovation as he came to the plate yesterday for his first at-bat from both dugouts. The Pirates players applauding, the umpires on the field applauding, and then he gets a base hit in his first at-bat. Just a 
a Hollywood story. He said he pretty much teared up as he was in the batter's box. And how can you help it when when you see that kind of emotion poured out for him? But what a what a great victory for this guy. And hopefully he'll return to his all-star form for the Orioles because goodness knows they could use some all-stars in the American League East because they have no chance of winning that division whatsoever. <laughs> How about Milwaukee? Milwaukee got a three-run homer from Keston Hura and beat the White Sox 7-2 in the spring training opener for both teams. Tigers whipped up on Philadelphia 10-2. The Cubs begin spring training games today, taking on a much-improved San Diego Padre squad. No word as to whether they'll see their old pal Yu Darvish Pitching for the Padres today. Hey, do the Cubs still have the one pitcher with the dangly arm? Uh, who does the... Uh, does oh, that's that's many years ago. That's, oh, is it re- No, 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 no. Kimball, Krimble? Oh, Craig Kimbrell, yes, they have him. I thought you were talking about Rod Beck, who did a similar thing. No. But Kr- Kimbrell he, still does that. He does that. Yes, he is under contract. Cubs bullpen shouldn't be bad this year. That Cubs starting rotation, take a guess at it because I I have no idea what David Ross is going to do there. The Cubs are trying to win the PAR battle as much as possible. They had Rizzo bring his dog to practice yesterday, took lots of pictures of Rizzo and the dog. That's all great. It won't mean diddly squat come April 1st. Oh, college baseball, by the way, Notre Dame, wax, number 16, Wake Forest yesterday, 10-0, the Irish were picked to finish last in their division in the Atlantic Coast Conference despite going 12-3 and during last year's shortened season and a three-game sweep at North Carolina. And people said, oh, that must be an aberration. That Link Jarrett, he can't know anything about baseball. This is the Atlantic Coast Conference, and they're one of them northern schools, them Yankees. They can't come. Oh, wait a minute. They just took two out of three from number 16, Wake Forest, over the weekend, and it really should have been three out of three. The Irish bullpen squandered the first game of that series. So, Notre Dame baseball off to a great start. They're going to have to play a bunch of road games. They don't play at Frank X Stadium until March 17th. Meanwhile, Notre Dame softball beat Villanova 11-3. They're now 7-5 and five on the year. They've won three in a row. And a shout-out to Aaron Koffel, Bremen legend, she is a terrific softball player, freshman at University of Kentucky. A week ago, Corey, she was the SEC Freshman of the Week. She might be again this week. She celebrated her birthday yesterday by hitting her eighth home run of the season. Woo. They've only played 14 games. She's batting 453 as a freshman. She's incredible, and the Wildcats beat Stetson 15-zip. Did you have anything today for overrated, underrated? We did get a tweet from someone. Okay. I feel like we've done it before, but we could always tee it up again. Sure. But I was uh, tweeted over the weekend as well from someone else. How do you decipher underrated, overrated? And I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to approach this scientifically. And here's what I've decided, especially when it comes to music. Must have, must have five quality albums in the catalog Okay. Or five quality hits. Yeah, I would say songs. five quality hits. Five quality hits or five quality albums. So we're never going to look at the career of Tony Basil. 
she she's a high quality choreographer as well. Yeah, but well, if if we're looking at her musically, no, no. If we're looking at career, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. I give you. I don't know if we've done this before. Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, yeah. I kind of thought we had, but I would say Huey Lewis and the News maybe slightly underrated. I think they have a pretty good resume in terms of body of work. I think the fact that uh, now. Would I go see them at a county fair? Yes. Would I go see them at Notre Dame Stadium? No. Um, okay, maybe from underrated, more down the middle. More down, down the middle? The middle. I, will, I will agree with you uh, because according to my scientific method, mm-hmm. not five great albums, but three great albums and one massive record with sports, right? which had five Hits. Huge hit singles, yep. and the other ones had two or three each. So song wise, through the roof. I would go, I would go down the middle. But Why here's did the, they here's, stop? Here's the set because he lost his hearing. He's got a horrible, horrible. Uh, I don't even know if tinnitus is the right deal. Like they did a record about a year ago, and he made all the rounds, uh, you know, in the media. And they, those were great podcasts, by the way, because he rolled out some great. Huey Lewis stories, but they could barely finish eight songs because he can't hear correctly. Oh, okay. and he can't tour correctly either because, because he, can't he can't hear, hear. what's yeah. going on with his band. He can't hear a click track. I've seen them twice though live, and they killed it. We brought him in at U ninety three. We brought him in in oh, it was the first year on the roof for us. Though so that would have been ninety seven. Yeah, okay. ninety seven at uh, St. Pat's Park. It was so much fun. All the hits, 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 hits. See, to me, he's kind of like a Gale Sayers. Okay. In that it's a very short career, but... What he did within... What he did within that career... Yes. Outstanding. Yeah. And if you're going to listen to a Huey Lewis record, might I suggest sports? Yes. Sports is amazing. And you know what else he did for that time? He figured out, or the band figured out, we got to make some great music videos. A well, lot that, of their success was... That was key in the 80s and 90s. You got to make a great music video. Far more than it is today, I think. If This Is It. You remember that one on the beach? Oh, yeah. Uh, Heart of Rock and Roll, I Want a New Drug. Uh, there was another pretty... Heart of Rock and Roll. Yeah, there's a couple of, couple days off. I always like that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go right down the middle. George Michael. <clears throat> Once again, scientifically, not five massive albums, one big one, and then a couple of hits that could add up to five. Do you include the Wham years, or I mean, you could, but you said George Michael. So well, I would, I would include the whole career. Phenomenal singer. I mean, you get, you have to, you have to throw that his way. Um, ooh, underrated. You're going to go underrated. A little underrated. I, I feel like had his life not ended and he got himself on the right track, he could have put out some more great music. He didn't, though. Right. I, I, w- I don't think people reach into his music catalog like they used to. So I would say underrated because it's, it is good. He, like, if you're going to go listen to George Michael, though, you got to listen to Faith. That oh, yeah. record right there is get out of the way good. Mm-hmm. In fact, I dare say... 
Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me with him and Elton oh. might be better than the original. Yeah. Might be. Yeah, I would. It's such a good song, but yeah, I yeah. can see where you would come from there. I will go again down the middle. Okay. I I was leaning towards overrated, but if I'm going to use the same metric that I use for Huey Lewis in the news, George Michael, similar career. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just like stardom, great stratosphere. <laughs> four years, five years, and then burned off out. the face yeah. of the earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in his case, literally. But um, yeah, I, that that's where I would go with those two. Okay. I thought of you yesterday as I drove my mother-in-law's car to Demont, Indiana. She hello has Sirius XM radio. So, man, I was I was flipping because I want to experience what you experience. Mm-hmm. And I've learned one thing about Sirius XM. If you have some sort of entertainment career from the past. Oh, yeah. You you're can plug get your in own there. Show. Whether you're downtown Julie Brown mm-hmm. on the. Any of the I old. I think it was MTV. the 80s channel. She's on the 90s. 90s. Along with Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray. Yeah. On the 80s channel was any of the VJs from the original MTV lineup. Right. And then, uh, you know, let's bring it up to today. Tom Morello, I think, has six channels going. Probably. From Rage Against the Machine, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I wouldn't mind that gig. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's all you're doing is voice track. I've been to those studios before. There's something. In New York. Mm -hmm. I bet. Uh, Brush with Greatness. Uh, Jeff Lynn from ELO. Met him there. They did a... They've got a lobby, Chuck, and then they've got this enclosed studio... That can either be a music studio or you bring in 30 people and do like an interview back and forth. Right. So I got to go to the Jeff Lynn uh, experience for ELO. So you're saying it's comparable with this building that we're recording in now. Very, very comparable. Yeah. From a standpoint of it's highly superior. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That would be the comparison. If you're reading between the lines. That would be the comparison. Then yes. Yeah, okay. You're on Twitter, right? I am at 46 Sports. Oh, I've me been too. known to tweet. I'm on Twitter too. My name is Corey. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Joey Votto. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.